All right, let's get into it, shall we? Uh, the marketing mindset, that is. Uh, this is Pete Montfrey. Let me turn that music down a little bit in my ear. In only my ear. They can't hear it, so uh, they get shortchanged a little bit. You know, today we've got things you need to know about PR, how it works, some of the secrets, and I like to surround myself with smarter people, as you know. Uh, so let me first introduce today's crew, my co-host and friend and mentor, Bill Lowell, and our guest, Lisa O'Neill, Breakaway Public Relations. So welcome to the pod. That's what the kids are calling, the cool kids are calling it now. All right, thanks. Thanks hey. for having me. I, I reached out to my friend, Scott Ingram, and I said, hey, you want to be a guest? Uh, and he, I'd be I'd love to be on your pod. And he's actually <laughs> been podding for a long time. And he is one of the cool kids, so uh, we'll have him up pretty soon here. But I've been looking forward to this topic because I hear it all the time from companies, some kind of form of Eh, why can't we get press? Everybody gets press except us. Uh, we wrote a press release. I don't understand. And so um, I thought it would be just a great topic. So, um, you know, Lisa O'Neill, welcome. You're the master marketer of the week. That's what we call it. Thank you. Love Thanks, it. Right. Well, after doing it for 30 some odd years, I, I better be. <laughs> Well, it's funny how it makes things easier uh, to discuss when you've been doing it your whole life. Uh, so do you want to t take like 15 seconds and tell us what your superpowers are? Sure. I know I, that's I, kind of spraying on you there, but. Yeah, I guess it's related to professional, professional work. Uh, yeah, like I have been practicing PR in some form or fashion for a long time. So, and I was a journalism major. At first, I had the, the wish to be on the media news side covering news dreams of being uh, like Barbara Walters or whatever, but Fun. Um, <laughs> that quickly fizzled after I worked with, you know, in inside media organizations as well during college and right after, but, but yeah, I mean, we got a lot of us say it, but we get news and stories told to the right people, right place, the right, hopefully the right time. We work in, a, in an area too, that there's a whole, not a whole lot of control on our final product how it delivers so you have to be comfortable with uh, quickly adapting fixing uh adjusting so we i'm fine with that i'm not you know you guys are master marketers roi and those specific numbers and our measurements can be a little trickier with public relations than with other forms of marketing yep. um but we have of course become a lot more digital over the you can't help it well, and there's some, there are some ways, and I, but I, I think it's such a desirable state to, to get, you know, and I say pub, PR, and a lot of what I'm talking about is publicity, technically, getting press coverage, but PR mm -hmm. actually does extend much farther than that, community relations, internal communications, you know, PR does a lot of things, but most companies, when they come to me, they're kind of talking about, you know, hey, you know, they, they want to get either in the Wall Street Journal or the tiniest association journal you've ever, never heard of. So uh, let me introduce Bill Lowell. Hey, Bill, what uh, what's happening? We'll get to the program here. But, you know, Bill runs Business Development Directives, the best damn marketing research firm north of the Chattahoochee. Yeah, I don't even know where that is, but that's good. <laughs> Actually, it's in the southern half of Alabama in the Georgia okay. border. Okay. Yeah, I don't know where my bell went. Somebody took it. That sounds like it. when uh, Howard Cosell was introducing uh, and talking to uh, Muhammad Ali, and he calls him a truculent fella, and Muhammad Ali said, <laughs> Howard, I don't know what that is, but if it's good, I'm it. So thank you. <laughs> 
Well, you are north of the Chattahoochee River. Yeah, uh, I guess so it's true. Uh, but seriously, a uh, marketing firm, longtime uh, partner with clients and co-host of the program. So real quick, um, I just want to tell the audience, if you're seeing this on your favorite social platform or you're listening out there in the land of podcasts, head over to b2bmarketingmindset.com and we elaborate on the topics here for a lot more information there. It might take us a day or so, uh, but we do get it there. And uh, of course, you can subscribe everywhere. Fine podcasts are consumed. So um, so today's topic, you know, uh, you know, it's kind of a mystery, I think. I mean, I'd like to hear from Lisa if, if she finds that clients or prospects or companies are pretty mystified by it or do they is that just my in my head yeah yeah unless they've worked npr directly uh 99% of the time they're they're not sure how how to get press coverage media coverage um and sometimes there's just little lucky lucky you know like when i'm playing golf and you just luckily you throw something out there and it hits and lands but um yeah we we do a combination of some education goal setting, expectation setting with pretty much every client, be really clear who they're talking to, who they, what their target market is, what their brand messaging is, positioning, so we can be very clear who right. we will work with on the other side, media-wise. I mean, yeah, if you're a nice local great or a regional group, you know, I'll ask questions back, like, so why do you think the Wall Street Journal um, editors and thus readers are going to care? Um <laughs> <laughs> See it's now a, it gets harsh. Yeah, yeah reality. I mean, first, yeah, then here everybody thinks their news is the most exciting, important news. Exactly. Of course, they wrote a press release. Yeah, come on. Do you understand the people we're dealing with get? I mean, yeah, depends on the outlet, but they could get 300, 400 emails a day, besides the wire services, and then they're on social media as well, consuming news that way. So. There's just a ton of clutter to cut through. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's to... a big, it's a bit, you know, I look at it like this because my in my brain, everything's a system. You know, it's it's a great big system. You need to know how to work that. And, and we'll talk about that a little bit and some of the keys to it and, and you know, get some expert advice here during the program. So um, let me, uh, I think it is a great topic. And, and I think there's some people who don't even know why they should get pressed. There are people who think, well, it's purely like a vanity thing. It's, it yeah. really isn't. It's huge, actually, um, and uh, hopefully good press. But uh, let's go to the first topic. We usually have five, and uh, we usually run about 40 minutes or so. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Uh, is free press a thing? Free press, yeah. right? Yeah. This is, that sounds yeah. good. Can be. It's usually negative. <laughs> <laughs> right. Seriously. That's that's press that you would pay for to go away. Right. Right. Uh, but you know that's just a term I hear a lot. And um, tell us the origin of that and 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 why people might think that. And, and or, or any news reality. is good news. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. Any any press is good press. No, I mean, yeah, for for strategic or thoughtful press coverage, media relations. No, it's not free. You, There's time, right? Right, right. there, money. Um, so to put the information together in a proper format that your media hours will care about to share that media with, you can send certain news to the business editor, you send it to the lifestyle editor, right. et cetera. But, so right. that was targeted to deliver the information the right way, the right time, right place. 
Yeah, that takes time and effort and some knowledge, and which is mine. Um, I, yeah, go ahead, Bill. I was just going to say, though, I think the misnomer, though, with the regarding the free is some people think, oh, I'm going to pay for advertising, and obviously that costs. But if I do public relations, perhaps like Pete keeps on talking about throwing out a news release. But you know, maybe that's going to be something that's free or earned or whatever the case is. So, you know, so right. maybe earned is a better word. I think. Um, yeah. I think that is where it comes from, and. Um, you know, and I think what Lisa's saying is, and what my experience has been, it really is an enormous amount of effort. And especially if you're a PR firm or you work with multiple different clients, maybe different industries, those press, this is this is one thing I wanted to speak to is there's this belief. And again, you, you shoot me down because, you know, I'm by no means an expert. Uh, uh, but there's this idea that the PR person, their whole value is that they know these editors. And I say, you know how much churn there is in journalism? Um, it's no, it's more about knowing who, like you said, not on a individual uh, level, but knowing the editorial schedule of the outlet you're working, figuring out who runs these kinds of stories. A lot of times I'll, I'll score stories and, and, and I don't, you know, we work with partners for PR, but I do my own. I'm not afraid mm -hmm. to admit that. I'm, a, I'm comfortable in my PR-ness. Um, but, um, and also music PR, but it's like it isn't, it, most of the time it isn't about us. Uh, it, it has some tie in with their editorial schedule. It's presented in the way that is sort of the standardized way of this industry. Um, and, you know, the editors are special birds. Uh, they decide, not you. So I think, I think free press, you're not paying for inches on the page. You can do that. I mean, you can look at it that way if you want, though, right? But. Um, it, it's just, there's a lot of effort, labor involved, Re you know, resources, right? Time or money. There's two kinds, um, maybe yeah. three slave labor, but, if you count that, but I, I don't want to interrupt but maybe cause I know Lisa wants to chat about this, but isn't there a lot more to it than that, Lisa? Maybe you can help us to expand on it. So uh, besides building the relationships with the editors, isn't there so much more that an organization might have to do? Sure. I mean, like I say, we'll, we'll what we do with our clients, we, we obviously we sit down, we know their key selling points, what sets them apart, what makes them newsworthy, set a, you know, an editorial calendar for months and months in advance. Right. Um, but, but yeah, we, we have to have all the right things in our pieces in our toolkit. Um, I say it's a very visual, nothing goes out with you out of visual component, don't even link to an image or a video. Um, does, Pretty much everything, if you talk about traditional newspapers to magazines to TV, there's always an online component as well. Um, so we have to think visually. Um, so either, I mean, there's a lot of thought even from that first press release, if we're announcing it or not. We, we do build very strategic media lists who receives the information. And fortunately, there are some great tools out there now that we didn't have when I was starting out. It was so manual. I mean, pick right. up the phone, whoever... Of course, the churn and turnover is probably much less in the earlier days, too. Yeah. Now we have a lot more outlets to deal with, um, but they're not all, you know, of different sizes and, and focuses and types. But um, so building a great targeted list, you're only, I don't want to say you're only as good as your list, but yeah, you could be shooting arrows in the total wrong direction. With There's really good there's a research period of time that is unavoidable. Uh, and, it, and it sounds like, you know, a lot of the 
a lot of the work is kind of educating the clients unless they've really done this before and they, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but even still, you probably need to educate them about how you go about it. But we're always reminding people, right? Um, and so, uh, but some of those factors, what is it called a package still? When you put together all the assets for them, it's, it's a package. Package. I mean, I know TV terminology uses their package. That's maybe where, where I got that we from. Talk about our toolkit, <laughs> and then also um, a study of uh, persistency and consistency. You don't just get one and done. You need to have yeah. your plan of keeping the news flow going, or you're forgotten. Well, and we'll talk a little bit about what are the most important factors. So I want to throw this out. We had a client back when we, you know, we were doing this with a partner, and the thing is, they really weren't doing anything newsworthy. And so if you're listening out there in podcast land, get your get your mind around this idea. You might have to create something that's newsworthy. In their case, a so they were a commercial, big commercial roofing company. They talked about roofing a lot, oddly. Uh, they showed pictures of roofing, though, too. So they had that going for them. But uh, there wasn't much newsworthy going on. So, hey, what about a solar lab on the top of your building? You get a partnership with me and you substrates and you take the press up there and you show them what you're doing and big solar panels and eco green. And there you go. You just made a story. Yeah. That yeah. was, they were like, can we can't, can you do that? I'm like, yeah, let me make a couple calls. And of course, right away you have a solar company like, yeah, we're in press. Are you kidding? Um, yeah. Do you like that story, Bill? I, I do. You know, the, the one thing that I was laughing about before when you said, you know, some people, everybody thinks they've got, you know, their story to tell or their news release, but I, that's what I was trying to bait Lisa before. But I think, don't you have to back up? Pete, you and I have talked about this before, though. It's like, you've got to have the right story. You've got to be able to tell the story, and it's got to be interesting and compelling. And it's like us sometimes when we deal with clients and they tell us, you know, like, what's the number one thing that sets you apart? And they say, oh, our service. You know, it's like, okay. Service. Everybody's got service. What else you got? You know? I think, yeah, exactly. Everybody, and I think I'm sure the public relations people are dealing with that all the time, where it's like, what, what is the story? And then how do you, you know, but I guess that's probably one thing that the PR people have over us is they probably are much more tactful, Pete, to tell the, the client Maybe. that that's really an ignorant idea that it will never fly. Yeah. So you and I are probably too, too aggressive with that, but I'm sure Lisa and her uh, colleagues do a much better job at that than us. One of my one of my brand attributes is Gordon Ramsay under bedside <laughs> manner. Um, but yeah, service. You know, that's when I know that uh, my job here is done. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Moving yeah, on to the next point. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I could learn from you. Uh, Drop the mic. That's it. I like this question: DIY or PR partner? Ooh. So. Um, Gosh, you know, I would start with, is it possible to do it yourself? Yeah. I mean, you're a small shop. If you've got, I mean, let's say once again, I go back to time. <laughs> got some time. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, one to, thing. Yeah, I just wonder one thing, which most of us never have enough of. But yes, you need, I mean, certainly small shops. I, we're the kind of, we've never, and we don't ever want to duplicate efforts, internal, organizational, however large or small a company is. So a lot of folks we work with now actually have their own social media specialism. So sometimes we do it, sometimes we don't. Yes, you can do your own, um, but you're probably only going to get so far. Uh, you're going to have limited time and resources, and you're, like I say, you're probably going to 
to it's like a starting a new workout routine. You might have some energy and enthusiasm in the beginning, and maybe you'll get a, a result here and there. And I'm thinking more of a local business, but you are going to run out of time, and you're going to run out of motivation and skill sets to keep the PR machine running. Right. It's it's not a one off. That's why I was joking about you know we wrote a press release, and I'm you know being mm -hmm. sardonic. I believe would be a good word for that. Um, but uh, you do have the situation where the right press release, then if I ask you, well, what are you going to do with that thing? Put it on the blog. If you get, you know, I mean, they don't even know about these distribution networks, right? And there's a cost to those. But have you noticed how expensive that's gotten post-COVID, by the way, distributing? You're talking about the wire services? That yeah, you're talking about? with some assets. Good grief, people. Um, so yeah. that's just a hard yeah. cost. But. Uh, but wow, guess what? There are these massive networks, um, and there are several of them, but you can use those. You could do. But I think the thing, uh, well, let me turn it over to Bill, and I'll, I'll add my two cents here at the end. I, I, I have about, something to blow the lid off of for people. What, what I like what getting I, worried. So I think the do-it-yourself versus the, the paid professional, in my opinion, how I look at that would be, I mean, I think you're always better off with a paid professional, but... Sometimes, like Lisa said, maybe they don't have the budget or they can't afford it or maybe they're just too small. So one of the things that I think, and I've seen this with us and I've seen this with your clients and a lot of other clients, maybe you work with them for a little while and you kind of give them the structure, you teach them, you do whatever you can, then let them do it on their own. And then I say, at least then they probably have a lot of stuff in place and that might be helpful. But I think when they start by doing it themselves, you know, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it's going to end up that good. You know? it, it, there, so here's what, here's my uh, blow the lid off of this insider uh, lifting of the kimono. There is kind of a system to it. Like there's, there's yeah. formats and there's AP style, for example. We, we found that if we can create content that an editor can copy and paste because right. it's that finished and it comes complete, what's at work here? You know, the, that you know how to do this and you know the format and the secret handshake, that you don't even have to know the particular, I say editor, there's all, all kinds of gatekeepers now, uh, but it, it shows that you, that you are a professional and they get so much every day, they get some whacked out thing all about the CEO's birthday. And guess what? They'll probably never answer your email again. Well, you mean so, that's not important? Oh. I didn't say that, I just heard it. You could turn that into news, tell him to donate $100,000 to his local Boys and Girls Club. Hey, there you go. Or say he's That's why you need a professional. He's 100 years old, over $1,000. Yeah. But, you know, that's, I think that's part of it. And so the editors can kind of see who they're going to get value from at the end going on here. And so you need to understand that value exchange. And like and you mentioned that, so they have these editorial schedules. It's really what they're going to be talking, writing about, you know, doing stories on for the next uh, yeah, six months, you know, a year. Or some, it's just some of them are very long. And so your best shot is, is at, but show bookers go last minute very often. Um, but if, if you can craft your story to fit their editorial agenda, uh, and tie in with newsworthy events, um, you know, you you can 
and it's and you put it in a format where they don't have to work that hard you know they're under pressure to produce content 24 7 that costs money we're essentially doing their work for free if we're good at it and boom you're going to get published and i find in trade publications the bar is even lower uh they're yeah. dying for content all right but you gotta you gotta know the handshake it's not yeah. really a handshake i just well, yeah, and you will yeah. see a lot of them. They copy paste, put it right on into their pages. Um, so, which annoys me, but I know that's the game. Um, <laughs> that's the only, they're only dealing with a certain amount of time, and I don't know what the level of, there's different levels of professionalism, but that does happen often. Like, yeah, well, you're welcome. Uh, I did your work for you. Copy paste my press release in. Right, and that's a, a success. Um, and, you know, Again, me being flippant a lot, but uh, it's it is true. So it's like what understand the value equation. A pro is going to just get there faster, but you can learn this stuff. It might take you a few months of reading and trying and trial and error. Um, so I think that's the trade off. You're, you're going to spend some amount of resources and or money and time or time or whatever, but you can learn it and you can do it. Some people may have, um, you know, that's a real challenge. It's natural for me. So. Yeah, the, other, the other thing, though, that I think is really important that we need to, to bring out, and that is, you know, what what's the goal? So I don't care if, if they're planning to do it themselves or to bring in an outsider. What's what's the objective and what are they trying to accomplish? Because in my opinion, you know, if you're doing an integrated marketing approach, of course, PR is a critical role in that, you know, but people need to understand which which segments are doing what and how is that going to work out? But I think, unfortunately, sometimes people, like we've talked about before, either they have silos and everybody's going to do their own thing or the people don't understand how they work together. And I think that that's a real important element that, that goes with, am I going to do it myself or are we going to have somebody expert to come in and help us out? Right. Do you know how to tie it together? Wow, what a great point. That's, that's what I mean. You know? Quick follow-up, we'll go to the next topic. Oh, wait, I pointed at Lisa and she can't tell. Yeah, I was going to say, it just ties into that. I thought it was Larry King. <laughs> yeah, but that traditional sales funnel approach and, you know, we're PR folks are at the top with the awareness and the, you know, research phase for, for most cu customers and consumers. But you got to have the, the plan of action to keep moving them down the funnel. Well, it's a good segue to the next point because, you know, what is the most important factor to getting press? I'm going to make it specific like that um, to get coverage. I know I would have my answer, but I'll start with our guest, Lisa. See if we what are, we'll compare answers. We should write them on cards and then hold them up, right? You should you should ring the bell, Pete, when she says the same thing you're thinking. Oh, that's, all. that's right. This is called read Pete's mind. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't answer that in one word. I, you know, I say, know. The obvious is be newsworthy, but. Newsworthy is relevant. Just where, who is it? Who is it? Yeah. Who cares? It's just like the who cares. Um, so, yeah, if I'm talking to the Austin American Statesman, they are going to care about something very different than the Austin Woman magazine. So, yeah, we, we obviously we think about what's newsworthy. Targeting um, newsworthy. Targeting newsworthiness. Obviously, like say back to what's the goal here, but who is their target audience? So, what? What do they, what do we want them to know? What do they need to know? Sorry. No, I'm sorry. I, I didn't really have anything specific in mind. I just like that point. Um, 
Yeah, what's in it for them? What's in it for their audience? Who cares about your birthday, dude? I've seen press releases about birthdays, executive birthdays, right? And it wasn't even like an, a, a milestone, like 80 years old. Our, ch our chairman turned 87 today. It's more like, you know, I'm 32. You know, no one, no one cares. Um, but there, I don't think there is one most important. I think you got to get a lot of things right to stand out in those hundred pitches a day, or you know, sometimes for a network, you know. Uh, an hour practically um but go ahead bill no i, I think it I, is if there i is agree one. with i agree with what both of you guys have been talking about and i think it's just like we talked about how are we gonna focus on the audience you know what are, what are we trying to get across as our message is it the right medium to to be able to reach that you know i mean but the other thing that i think of with regard to getting in the the press and a lot of people, you guys may disagree with me on this one, but I always say just getting once getting something out there doesn't do it. You got to do so much after that. So whether you're posting it online after that, whether you're going to do an article about that, I mean, so it's, it's the extension of it, which I know we'll talk about in a little bit. So, I mean, there's just so much more. And I think that's kind of the trick of getting future coverage because somebody's going to say, oh, yeah, I see you all over the place, you know. There's, there's a follow through, right? It seems to be a, a, a theme in marketing where, you know, in sales, yeah. where if, you're, if there's no follow through, you, you know, whatever resources you did invest in that PR, you might not be getting everything out of it that you right. can. And we'll share right. how to do it later in the program. Um, most important well, stay tuned, factor, right? I think you can't underestimate the lazy factor of uh, no offense editors out there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a totally lazy editor. I'm sorry. Now, you know, look at this. I, I, I didn't even think of that this was here, but um, look, a press pass for Scientific American. So I'm probably not going to be writing for them anytime soon. Uh, but, you know, I think I think what makes best economic sense for them, and that means it's going to align to their audience. It's going to be easy for them to engage or a pro. So if they have feedback for you and they're like, hey, you need to change your idea to blah, blah, blah. What does the amateur do? Oh, screw, no, why are you kidding? Um, you know, what does the pro do? We adjust the story factually, um, but to fit. And I think there's a real art to that. There's this, there's this way of creating concepts that align with the objective of the company, that align with the editor, that align with this, the readership or stakeholders on the audience side. It's quite, a, it's a hat trick, I think. It's hard. I want to discourage people from trying it, but... If you're feeling kind of bummed out because you've been trying it, you know, give Lisa a call. But well, yeah, and what's nice for an experienced PR person, generally they should, and certainly more so back in the day when we could pick up the phone and talk, but it happens on email. You can get feedback from some of the good journalists, reporters, editors. Like, yeah, yeah this is fine. You know, I can't use it right now. Or, you know, back at you, Lisa, what, why? You know, why would a CEO really need this information? I'm, I'm talking to CEOs, I'm not right. talking to them. So they can help redirect you, which is wonderful because all of us tend to get in our mindsets and day to day and in our own bubbles and um, sure. perspectives. So it's great to have some interaction with some of your target media folks as often as possible. And you, like I say, you can't, we still go out to coffee every once in a while real people in real yeah, life sure. um, that because it, yeah different media outlets and journalists have different 
focuses and goals, and they all need the readers um, and the eyeballs. So what what's important to them? Yeah, I was just going to say, and if you if even if they're telling you that they're giving you feedback, but it's going to work both ways. And I think you building a relationship with them, Lisa, they're going to be thinking of you. So sometimes if something comes up, they're probably going to call you and say, Hey, Lisa, I've got this story that's coming. Do you have somebody and then fill in the blank? And then you probably do. And you just help them back. So, I mean, I think some of that really works well too. Yeah. You know, and if, if we don't, we send them somewhere else. Sure. Yeah. Well, if you've proven yourself to be a reliable source of professionally produced material that fits my audience, and I'm the editor, I'm going to like you and remember you. And so exactly. then maybe that aspect of relationships is true. But then, but that person is probably going to move to a different media company, media company, and the the odds that it'll fit your next client. I mean, I think you're always starting with okay, we got to get our our press list together. Who are the people? and then look into each one of them and what are they going to be interested in then. Um, and they're in charge, really. That's a hard pill to swallow. I think we can move that into the next section, but uh, most important factor, being relevant to that editor, to their audience, and then whatever you want after that. Um, and giving it to them on a silver platter has got to be in there somewhere. Um, so. Make it easy, make it easy. But there's, there's a lot of things. Um, but why even go through all of this effort? It seems like a lot of effort. I'm tired talking about it. And it's only been <laughs> 29 minutes. Uh, set Lisa up with that question. Why go through the PR effort? Why bother? Yeah, good God. Well, like I say, there's, there's nothing can, that can beat it as far as reputation, I think, and and overall awareness building, um, credibility factor of reading an ed editorial piece versus an ad or a direct mail piece or whatever other digital things are hitting you left and right that are paid for. People know the difference most of the time. I mean, there's paid content, uh, sponsored content. There's there's some gray areas. Uh, but yeah, that third party endorsement, it's just, it's a great reputation builder, influence builder, um, that go back to the credibility factor. Is that third party? Um, implied third party endorsement. So I have something to admit, you know, I'll toss the, the, the question to Lisa because I know she's going to, it's like, I really don't know what she's going to say ahead of time because I'm not an expert in this, but then I, I know she'll remind me of some, some things like, oh yeah, that's right. Um, but uh, I think this idea, you know, to, to really put a pin in that idea, um, if you run an ad, the, the audience knows it comes from you. <laughs> Let me tell you how great I am, Lisa. <laughs> I'm awesome. Uh, not as effective as an editor. Even now, this is where pay to play gets into that gray area, gray area right? Now, but you can usually spot those, right? They're real self-aggrandizing. They don't hold themselves to the same journalistic standards, obviously. I'm not saying there's something wrong with those, but you got to do them well. But I'm talking about where an editor said, hey, this is newsworthy. We're going to cover this. Maybe you'll be part of a larger story with other interviewees. Um, you know, what is that worth? It's like, hey, and I'll use the Wall Street Journal as an example. And just you're not going to get in the Wall Street Journal, people. Trust me on that. Uh, you might. Yeah. But you probably won't. But. Let's use that as an example. What is that worth, right? Why would you get in the Wall Street Journal? Okay, so distill that down to 
the Transmission Rebuilders Association of America, you know, if they're reaching 35,000 of your prime target as their membership, what's the value of that? Um, Bill, save me. Okay, I'll, I'll do the best I'm I can. I'm ranting a bit. I'm, ran, I'm going on oh, a rant. But even if the American Transmission Association does something and maybe there's something financial uh, related to it or industry related, it, you never know. The, the Wall Street Journal might see something unique in there and decide to, to do it too. But I think that it, I go back to the other thing. I mean, like we've talked about before, it builds reputation, it builds that credibility. And in my opinion, that's really important if somebody wants, especially we're talking about B2B marketing, you know what I mean? So people want to do right. business with, like you said, those third party endorsements. So I think that that's key. I mean, you know this, Pete, but, you know, I've had over 50 articles published in business and, uh, uh, you know, it's like in the early days when I would do it, it's like I could just see it and then one would lead to another and then to another. But um, when I go out and see a prospect now, I just decide which articles I want to share or what I want to do. But uh I think it definitely enhances the credibility of expertise. It makes it makes my life selling easier. I don't have to say stuff. Other people say it for me. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's that. It, there's a whole dance that goes on, but but really, when people people don't we're we're marketing, PR, research, you know, people. So we think in these terms. The average person, business person, reading uh, the average business journal. They're not thinking that there's an entire system behind this that determines kind of who's in the story, who's the expert that's consulted, yeah. what's going on. They're not thinking that. They're really thinking, oh, this, this, these guys must be a big deal. They're in the blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, my son was yeah. uh, on the Ellen show when he was eight, you know. <laughs> not good when you're eight, though, but, uh, you know, yeah. good. So there's just so I mean, and I'll tell you what what that did for him. I mean, it's it changed it changed the course of his life for a, a long while. Maybe I don't know. He's doing movies now, but um, you know, it's it's amazing how when you get that right. Uh, and I was actually this is what I love about about PR the most. I got a free T-shirt out of it once. <laughs> That's beautiful. I know, and it, it was Inc. Magazine, and they were calling me to inquire about the naming your product as a branding expert. Um, a company called Anti Monkey Butt. Uh oh. Anti Monkey Butt, and their logo was a monkey smiling and looking behind him and pointing at his own butt, which was very red. Uh, and this powder was apparently something that MX bikers use to get rid of the horse saddle rash or whatever it's monkey butt they call it and i said well my mom's not going to buy it she's going for the gold bond but if i'm an mx biker you're damn right i'm gonna buy that that's awesome what a great what a what a brave and funny and perfect fit for that audience right a week later i get a anti-monkey butt t-shirt in the the mail from the company oh wow no note or anything. And I wore it till it fell off my body. So there you go. Um, right. So why do press relations? Hey, listen. Why? Because it builds your business. It builds your reputation. It gives you credibility. Uh, and so you want to not only just get some press, you have to work your way up from the minors to get to the majors. That's the main reason you might not get in Time magazine. You first need to be in your local business journal. You know, you might have to start with community newspapers. Not, nothing against them. We love those guys. But I'm just saying they're different 
tiers. And so that big time editor or show booker, they're going to want to see what other press you had. Right. So and I, it, it takes time. Go ahead. I'm going to ask a question of Lisa, because it, it goes to why do this press relations, Lisa. So if you have a client that has a crisis situation and it's the first time they're dealing with the media, that's going to be a whole different story, isn't it? Than somebody who's already got the relations where they might be, you've already built that trust. Maybe you can talk to that because to me, that's where I think some people are going to come to you because they're going to be in trouble, you know? Yeah, that's, are, a good, yeah. <laughs> that's a great point. I mean, crisis, crisis management PR is your first and best tool out the door. Um, everything else can follow. And, and social media is totally intertwined with that because it's the immediacy of it all. So when we've built a few plans that knock on wood so far we have not executed upon, good. plan of action, yeah, social media is right there at the top of the list. Um, but you're right. I mean, if you're going to do a lot better if you already have uh, built a relationship and some kind of awareness level, let's say with your gatekeepers, the media that you deal with week to week or month to month, uh, versus out of the coals, there's bad news. Mm -hmm. right. You've got to on your very expensive PR support to help mitigate that crisis and explain the situation. Um, yeah, you're going to probably spend a lot more time and effort if you don't already have those relationships in place yeah. and, and then people are also going to dig back and look at prior articles and coverage and you know, if they're doing the right thing they're doing their research and previous stories will come up you know and i think um, that's under that pr umbrella i almost put that in a separate category where that's like it's a whole different type of pr and it's got a whole different uh cost structure um yeah and it just has to do with the value of it. So, you know, one, I guess that underscoring this point is why do it? Uh, because it has tremendous value for the growth of your business and, you know, where you stand in your market. Um, and so I need to do more of it. Uh, I've done a lot of it, but then I got lazy. But I was doing this, this next thing, how to leverage coverage to extend reach. So I think a lot, very few people think about this. Um, so Lisa, you, I think that, that was a, a note that came from you. Tell me about that. Sure, yeah. I mean, it's become just so much easier, you know, in the past 10 years or so because of the digital effect. So, you know, we used to be able to just print out some nice copies or hang them on the wall. You can still do that if you have a brick and mortar of your press coverage or send things in the mail. But now you can blast those, take the snippet or the whole, you know, whatever in your press coverage and use it in your e-newsletter marketing and, of course, social media and on your website and very targeted outreach to consumers and whatnot. So you can repurpose that in many ways. And, and oftentimes, of course, the media outlet itself will be publishing your story. So use that. It's just further building, building your reputation Right, somebody else might pick up on the story and cover it. Bill? No, I, I think I'm pretty much, I'll defer back to you guys, because I think I already talked about that, meaning that, you know, you write an article, you give a speech, you do, I mean, all of those things should work in concert, and the more you do it, I think the more your credibility is enhanced, and you just keep on building off of that. So, I, you know, I, I think that that's, those are my, those are my points. I always call it the skipping stone theory, that everything that you do, 
um, you know, when the stone hits the water, it, it flashes across three times. So I'm saying everything you do has to hit three times. So you get you get a, a, a story going out there. Well, then it better hopefully get on your website. You bet, you know, maybe it's a special report. Maybe it's an article. I mean, what else are you going to spin off that? Because if it's just once, I don't think you're doing a good enough job. Yeah, and some folks need it for their expansion purposes to use with their investors. Uh, there's certainly a business reason, and you know, conferences, speaking engagements beyond your direct consumers are really definitely. Well, so it, it, it's helpful. I love that you mentioned the restaurant that hangs the review on the wall. Right, that's like the most primitive form of it, and the purest example of what we're talking about. So let's say that, uh, you know, down at the Greek restaurant, uh, they don't. You know, maybe his the person that runs that, that that restaurant, all of their people don't read Greek food today, all right? Uh, and so what you could get that in front of them, hanging it on the wall, even better if you emailed a copy to them. Like back in the old days, it was, hey, can we get a, uh, can we, can we get a, a PDF of the story or could we get a print of that back in the really old days and and then actually be mailing it to people through the, the US mail and then think about how often you see logos on websites press logos it's very common to see client logos they're both for the same purpose they're trying to build credibility we call them credibility cues right people right. see them in their brain is like hey these guys must be for real um, and that's it that's its job is done um, and so uh, I got a, a quick funny story about that. I, I used to have a pin. Well, I still have it, but I, I, I wear it less. But uh, I got a, a, an award from the President of the United States. I'll brag. That's a little mini brag right there. Uh, but I would wear it, and most people did not notice what it actually was. It was the seal of the President's office, you know. It was kind of fancy. Um, and so uh, I would wear it on my lapel, and I would go talk to, to people. And very few people would say, why do you have the president's office logo on your lapel? You know, are, are you CIA? You know, they get real suspicious of me. Um, but very few. But everybody noticed it. And it registered something, something important in their brain because they see media people. They see congressmen. Everybody's got a nice little badge with their. I have one that says Starfleet Academy. That always gets everybody going. <laughs> there you go. Same purpose. Works the same. Uh, so. Boy, you can take that coverage and push it through all of your other channels. And, and if, if your target audience, you know, maybe a tiny percentage of them read. Does anyone read the business journal? Oh, God, I'm going to be so much in trouble with my friends. <laughs> I'm sorry, Colin. I, I don't mean that. I know a lot of people read the business journal. But, but really, it's a problem. There's so much fragmentation. If you're not taking your story and you're shooting it out again through your channels, I think Colin Pope would approve of that, by the way. Um, you're missing out on huge opportunity. You're not leveraging uh, your investment. Did I get yeah, it right? I mean, Am I a good student? Yeah, and like the other examples is we've lifted that beautiful one key quote or sentence that somebody from whether it's Wall Street Journal, which I do have an example of that, or your local paper and use that quote, re repaste that around on your brochures, on your website, on your um so that's sticking in people's minds. Um, if you do a really good job, eventually it'll be attributed to Mark Twain, and then you know that you have arrived, because uh, mm -hmm. everything ultimately is. Hey, why don't we go to our final thoughts? Everybody hang on just for a second. The audio is live, so if there's anything inconvenient that you feel like saying, don't do it now. Final thoughts. 
Oh, the final thoughts graphic with the chipmunk voice. We we have this graphic, and I made this cool, deep, reverberating voice. Final thoughts. And for some reason, when it rendered, it turned into a chipmunk, and then we just kind of kept it. Uh, so very fancy. But final thoughts. Let's start with our guest, Master Marketer, Lisa O'Neill. What do you? Th- what are your final thoughts? I mean, what what can you share that would help somebody who sees the value in getting press? Where do they start? Like I say, get 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 with somebody. Don't DIY it if you can help. <laughs> don't um, DIY. I think that's fair. <laughs> um, no, and it's it is it is important. It's valuable. You will see results over time, but also it's it's a practice of patience as well. Unless you are, you know, breaking ground on a big news structure, there are some immediate news gratification stories out there for sure. Absolutely. But it's it's a nice mix and blend of news and features and having the time. Just, you know, if, if you want to do it yourself, sure. Uh, get a consultant to help you out and help you set the path with a good um, game it, plan. It doesn't but, have to break. There's a way to do it. It doesn't have to break the bank. You'll benefit from it. Um and I think that's a great. I I think that's a great way, even if they're just functioning as an advisor, right? Um, right. And so, but it is worth the time and effort, and should be done in conjunction, like say, in the same page with your other marketing tools. No one tool out there alone is going to you know, send you off uh, for success. So they you should have a blend. Uh, and this is one piece of the marketing puzzle. It's an important one, but it is quite different from some of the others. That are paid commercials. Paid commercials don't not as much credibility. They know you're paying for it. Bill, what do you think? I've got I've got two things. One, and this this is a plug for Lisa and her firm. Um, you know, there's probably some listeners out there, and then they read something and from one of their competitors, and they go, "That person's an idiot. I can't believe they're getting press." Well, that's a good reason to call Lisa and talk to her. The second the second thing that I uh, had a lot of experience with and I love lawyers they do a great job but if you're looking for PR sometimes it's okay to run it past the lawyer but be very careful because what you end up with putting together is going to end up being very different than what you originally what you started originally, with you can't say that you can't say that cut that so it's you know and, and they're trying to protect you legally but I think the PR people are going to help you to tell a better story is my thought. Well, here's, right. What a great point. Professional storyteller telling your story. Now, see, it's it's hard. I think Bill and I feel a little weird because we're pretty we're pretty cool on DIY. Like we don't we don't have this thing where you got to hire us. We're we're the holders of the secrets. You know. <laughs> no, absolutely. But I think this is just one of those areas that one big mistake, and you and you've really kind of hurt yourself. What if you what if you fumble like an amateur with the Wall Street Journal? You know, I mean, it's yeah. just not what you want to do. Um, but it, you don't have to go nuts with it either. Um, but I think uh, I think it's just so important to understand how it works and get bring in help if you need help. Right? Um, the outcome is is well worth it. And there are ways to, uh, in a way, measure uh, PR. And it depends on you know how much you want to invest in trying to measure it. But it can be. There's I've heard of, uh, you know, using uh, inch equivalents, like, you know, yeah, what do you think that's, of that? That's old school. That's old school, Pete. Um, but, um, I, I mean, just, even they still just, do uh, it. watch your web traffic. Watch your, yeah, I mean, there's, it's, there's brand awareness building 
uh, tools out there you can use. And SEO and PR do work really well together. Yeah. We always make sure that's being taken care of. We aren't the specialists in that uh, by any means, but. PR um, drives the and, other things, the parts, the places where you can measure clearly, PR will be driving that. We've talked about last click attribution before, and we'll talk about it again, but go ahead. There's a there's a new measurement technique that PRSA, Public Relations Society of America, has just adopted in the last year called the Barcelona. So if somebody's interested, they could certainly Google that and look that up, because that's supposed to be the new thing. But that, that almost goes back to what you and I have talked about a million times, Pete, you know, looking at what's the objectives and how are you meeting those objectives. So that's kind of where it's at. And it's less like you set the measurement of how many inches somebody gets coverage. You know, the Barcelona, it sounds like a naughty dance. And so I encourage Actually, everyone really to go song, and look that so. up. Um, Russell, but, Russell Watson, you guys are music people, sings a song on Barcelona. It's a beautiful song. Well, there you like go. But anyway, thank you, uh, Lisa, for joining us this week. We'll do this again. I think there's so much we could cover here, uh, but we try to hit the highlights. We'll, we'll expand a little bit on B2Bmarketingmindset.com. Uh, oh, I missed the final thoughts. Uh, subscribe, B2Bmarketingmindset.com. That is where all the cool stuff is. If you're listening in audio land, see, podcasts are audio. We're syndicated everywhere. But you don't get to see our lovely faces, and you don't get to see our cool stuff that we put on the screen, and some stupid stuff. Uh, but uh, if you go there, then you'll get to see the whole thing. So we'll see you next Thursday. Uh, and if you all want us to stay on the line, uh, we'll head out and join us every Thursday, 11 o'clock, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. Spotify, Amazon Prime, I Live. Anything can happen. See you next week. Thank you on free and Bill Lowell. Add to the conversation by commenting, sharing and liking. And don't forget to subscribe and check out the links in the comments. Learn more at b2bmarketingmindset.com.